Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast and welcome to series four. This series is called Diary of a Bodybuilder and it is an open journal of not only my thoughts but of interesting people within our industry, things that are topical at the moment or just their thoughts and feelings. I started this series with a solo episode, which is a little bit scary. (laughs) And honestly, I recorded it at the weekend, um, just gone. And I came off feeling dissatisfied for the first time with recording um, this podcast. Because I felt like it was engineered. And that uneasy feeling sat with me for a few days until... I was out on my morning steps and I was really in my feelings about that post-show period and I know it's something that everyone's talking about at the moment so it's it's really present in my mind and I didn't really want to talk about it but I wanted to be true to the concept of this podcast and this series and I'm also aware that I ask all of these incredible people to come on and talk openly and be transparent, yet I wasn't willing to do the same thing. So please forgive the background noise, (laughs) please forgive my waffle, but this is a diary of a bodybuilder. Uh, You go through this prep where... You have this inclusive network of your peers who are also prepping. You're all doing the same things. You're all tracking your food. You're doing your cardio. You're all getting your steps. You're literally all in it together. And people that aren't in it with you are very supportive of it. Because some people are inspired by what you're doing. And other people are... They're almost like taken aback by the fact that you can do it. And so it's impressive to them. But once that goal is achieved, once you've stepped on stage, it's it's very odd because all those people that supported you and wanted you to do well and... encouraged you to stick to your plan encouraged you to do your steps they were the ones that were checking in going are you okay and oh you're doing so well and don't get me wrong you don't do it for that pat on the back but post-show can be a very strange place depending on the route that you take Now, I say the route you take, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a choice, but some people proactively make a choice to execute post-show in a certain way, and other people can't control their head from their heart, from their stomach, from their wants and desires. 
and I feel like if you are continuing to nail your plan in the same way as you did during prep that people don't want to see that people want to see you struggling they want to see you having loads of treats they want to see you enjoying food again enjoying social situations and it's almost like what was celebrated your your tunnel vision that was celebrated during prep becomes demonized post-show and you go from people being like oh I don't know how you do it. it's amazing to I don't know why you're doing it get a life just have the meal just have the cookie but if you actually break it down your post-show goal is still aligned around training food and health so why is it that people flip their feelings towards it on its head is that because your your strictness makes them uncomfortable your drive makes them uncomfortable your goals make them uncomfortable or is it selfishly on their part that they want to be enjoying those social things with you i think you get a couple of groups of people those that know you and your family and friends in your circle that are torn between the support and torn between wanting wanting you socially for themselves and i think that we have an obligation post show to give back to those people it can be very hard to switch flick the switch from that selfish mindset that you have in prep um and then if you bring social media into it something i've noticed is in prep i'd post a check-in and the support that i got was massive like it gave you that push when you had a a down day but post show if you're posting a check-in and you're not saying oh man this week's been hard um i overate i skipped my cardio um i've gained like two three kilos if you're not saying that people don't want to hear it because those people that are posting things like that everyone is in their corner everyone's supporting them I was thinking about this for the last couple of weeks because it took me back to feelings of insecurity when I was um when I was in school and not quite fitting in um I was 
how do I put this, like a bit of an in-betweener. It's kind of friends with everyone, no matter what your social standing was in school. I spoke to everyone, but I had my own group of friends. And at the time, I was like, oh, my friends are great. But in hindsight, they weren't very nice to me. I was always just on the outside trying to get in. And I have some very fond memories from school, but I also have some not so fond ones. And, and now, if people see me, it's always the reaction of, what the fuck happened to you? It's never, oh my God, you're doing so well, or, oh my God, you've changed so much, or, it, it's never anything positive. It's always got this negative connotation of what happened. Like, oh, God, what happened to you? And it's a very odd feeling to be what happened to you in a negative way when the circles that I'm in now are celebrating the same things that they're demonising. Last week I got a message from someone who I'd gone to school with and they just replied to my story saying something like, are you okay? Like, what the fuck is up? Like a laughing face. And it was an ab shot because you don't fit into that social norm anymore. And for a second, I was embarrassed. For a second, I wanted to take it down and hide away again and go back to being like, oh, like, <laughs> just joking. Hmm. But then I was like, no, because they're only uncomfortable because they haven't changed. They didn't make the decision for whatever reason, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Everyone has different goals, drivers, and, and everything else. Some people don't have any goals at all. And that's, again, that's absolutely fine if that's your, your choice and your prerogative. But when you do things that make other people uncomfortable because they're not doing that, that's when you become the problem. That's when they stop celebrating your successes. Put it like this, if you go out for a meal and everyone uh, is eating and you're not, or you bring a Tupperware, people will act like you're the problem because them having the chips, the burger and chips, and you having, I don't know, chicken and veg, makes them feel bad about their decision to have a burger and chips. They can't disassociate from that herd mentality because we are almost programmed to be a sheep. Oh, okay, they're doing that. Okay, that's what I should do as well. But when the herd is, if we take this back to post-show, when the herd is all overeating, enjoying life, relaxing, trying to get back to some kind of normality, pre-show normality, 
and you're not doing that, you're the odd one out. You're the problem. You're the one with the, the tunnel vision. And when tunnel vision once was a positive thing that they said to you, and it's now a negative thing that they're saying to you, it can be a very, very lonely place. I was talking to my coach the other day and I, I used the phrase, I feel isolated. I didn't mean isolated in the fact that I was at home alone, not talking to anyone, not seeing anyone. I meant isolated in my vision and in my journey because I went from being part of this group of people all with the same goal to feeling like I was one of the minority feeling like all the conversations were about socialising and relaxing and having some time off not training, eating extra when did you do this, when did you do that and I wasn't able and I'm still not able to join into those conversations I wouldn't change anything about what I'm doing I'm very goal driven, I'm very almost stubborn I wouldn't like I don't really like the word stubborn but I am stubborn if I've made a decision to do something you best believe I'll do it and that works both ways if I've made a decision to do something which other people don't like I'll do it because that's right for me um but equally if I've made a decision that everyone loves that doesn't matter to me either because it was still my choice. And I think that stems back to, as a teenager being, and in my early 20s, being a yes man. Oh yeah, sure, I'll do that because like, that's what you want me to do. Or, oh yeah, sure, I don't mind what we do or where we go or who's going. Yeah, sure, I don't mind being the driver. Yeah, sure, I don't mind paying for that because it made everyone else happy and that was people accepted me because I was yeah 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 of course of course yeah and when I started saying mm, no I I don't like that no I'm not going to do that why oh I don't want to that's when it turned on its head because all those people I'd just been saying yes to for such a long time to make them happy, every time they verbally scolded me for being my true self, that became a problem. So what I found after that was my circle changed. Some of them started to isolate me a little bit. And I decided, again, tunnel vision and being stubborn, I decided to stop talking to them, to stop seeing them, stop socialising with them, stop including them in my thought process. And it was a lonely little while where the friends I'd had from primary school and secondary school, I mean, these are friends that I'd known since I was four years old. And I was early 20s, mid 20s. And I was like, I've got to cut them out. I've got to stop feeling so crap every time I come away from a social situation with them. 
And those feelings are very much creeping back in because I feel pushed out and not accepted at the moment. Listening to this, you might be thinking, ooh, you're an overthinker and people aren't thinking that and people don't say that and people aren't doing that and this is all in your head, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I do overthink, but I don't think that's a bad thing. So there's two ways to look at that. I always try and find the positive in a situation. Not always successful in doing that, but I do try. So some people would say overthink. Prime example of that is in relationships. People go, I'm an overthinker. I always fuck things up. Right, so you're an overthinker. Or do you have an analytic mind? Instantly, that turns a negative word, a negative phrase, I'm an overthinker or overthinking, into a positive. Because if you go into a job interview and you say, I have an analytic mind, I love to analyse problems, find solutions. They lap that shit up. They love that. But if you sat there in front of a, an interviewer and said, oh, I'm an overthinker and a worrier, negative, negative, negative. I think how we view situations, how we view ourselves, how we view decision-making, that's on you. I listened to a podcast a little while ago, which I've talked about on my stories, but I think, I think his name's Mo Gawad. Um, and it was on Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett and he was talking about being happy and he's written a book about being happy and how to be happy and that changed my thought process more than I would have ever believed possible because he said one thing which I'm sure we've all heard a hundred times but I, I guess it depends what headspace you're in when you hear someone say this to you. Your happiness is your responsibility. And people won't like that because it puts the onus on them to be something, to change their life, to make them responsible. And people don't want to be responsible for that because they feel like they can be happy from outside sources. And he was just saying it's an inside job. So if I take it back to being a teenager or even to how I feel at the moment, post-show and not being part of one of the herd, my happiness is my responsibility. So on the days where I feel isolated because I'm on my own, in my head, in my process, in my tunnel vision. I have to remember that it's my choice and actually this does make me happy. And I'm doing this because of my decision to be happy. And as soon as you flip that on its head and go, this is my choice makes it a little bit easier. I'm not saying it's easy, but it does make it a little bit easier. So there you have it. 
the mad ramblings of a girl with a sniffly nose on a very cold morning, surrounded by the hustle and bustle of the commute and the school run. When I started recording that, I wasn't really sure where I was going to go with it. But the more that my thoughts had been flowing over the, the days leading up to that, the conversations I had with people around me, and also just the reflection, that post-show reflection that I felt. It just took me on just a path of reflection, of not just prep, not just post-show, but everything that led up to that. It It drew me back to being a teenager and insecurities from being the odd one out and never quite fitting in. And now at 31, I can look back on everything that happened as a teenager, as a child in my early 20s. And I can be really grateful because everything that happened framed the person I am today. And anyone that does say things to me like, whoa, what happened to you? Yeah, there's always going to be like a little niggle in the back of my mind like, oh God what are you doing? Who are you? Like imposter syndrome. But on the flip side of that, I'm like, yeah, I'm proud of what I've achieved. No, I don't look like the person that I did. No, I'm not like the person that you once knew. And good. Because I love the person I've become. And I don't think many people really like to say that out loud. I love the person I've become. Because us Brits are kind of always told that's arrogant or that's cocky but it's not marinade in your success marinade in your achievements and by that I mean take a step back and soak it all in sit in it for a while because you work so so hard to achieve these things And you can be silently proud, but society tells you, bottle that and keep that to yourself, otherwise someone's going to think you're cocky. Someone's going to think you're arrogant. That's not an attractive quality. But actually, confidence is attractive. And I spent such a long time having no confidence. So, yeah. Post-show reflection, (laughs) my mad waffles, my marinade. Things aren't always going to run smoothly or as you expect them to. But that's okay. That's what makes life interesting. So some days I will feel a little bit low. And other days I will feel on top of the world. And I'm not going to shy away from feeling on top of the world... I'll shout that from the rooftops. But I'm also not going to pretend like I don't have those low moments. Like I don't sometimes feel a little bit isolated. Because I'm human. Because being weird is what makes us wonderful. Thank you for listening to my diary. I hope you enjoyed it.